0: I'm going to talk to you about passion and purpose. Uh, both are very, very important. And sometimes um, we may get tired. We may get maybe a little bit older and, and we think, you know, is God still wanting to use me? We may be young and thinking, you know, is God really, truly wanting to use me right now? But I can assure you today that everyone here has a purpose. God still has a purpose on your life, no matter your age, whether you're very young or whether you're a little bit older. God still has a purpose. Um, I know I've told you this story before, and I'm going to repeat this story on purpose. Sometimes I, I repeat stories because I forget I've told them. This one, it's the best illustration of, of things having a purpose. Sometimes we may feel worn out. We may feel tired. If The weather may be bad. And we think, maybe we should just give up for a little bit, or maybe we should take a break. But I'm telling you, no matter how bad you feel, God still sees you in his perfect image. And he's still ready to use you. And no matter what, what's happened in your life, he is ready to use you for his purpose. He's ready in, to use you for his perfect mission, a matter of fact. And I, again, I know I've told you this story, but, but during um, this uh, youth camp that we have had for the last few years, except for last summer, we couldn't have it because of COVID, we do a day camp for middle school, and we have high school helpers, and we have college helpers. It's a really good deal. We have a lot of fun. We tell kids about Jesus, and it is awesome, awesome. Part of the activities is a 100-foot water slide, a 100-foot water slide that I go to co-op and get plastic, and I lay that plastic out, and we hose it down with water, and we put soap on it, and we slide down it over and over and over hundreds of kids of all ages <laughs> go down that water slide some that probably shouldn't be going down that water slide go down that water slide and it's there all week and you slide in and, and there's a creek at the bottom so to keep people from going all the way to the creek there's bells of hay at the end to, to, to break people's to, to slow them down or to stop them before they go all the way into the creek And by the end of the week, between the mud and whatever else is in the dirt, and the hay, that plastic is used up. (laughs) Think of the worst thing you've ever smelled in your life. And it smells worse than that. And at the end, one of the last things I do, and usually Rhonda helps me so she can witness this, is we cut that plastic up, and we put it in the back of my truck, and we haul it to the dump. And Abby has helped a few times there, too. <laughs> it's, uh, is it nasty? I mean, just... And when you take it to the dump, you're thinking, man, i got to go straight to the car. I gotta... This is nasty. Again, I don't know what's in that soil, but it stinks. And I'll never forget the last year, the year before last, when we finished the camp... And again, it's one of the last things we do that's really big, and you're you're tired. You're thinking, I've got to get rid of this plastic. It's served its purpose. It's over. And, And the last year we did the camp, Rhonda and Abby and I are unloading this plastic into the dump. And this man comes up and says, what are you doing with that? I said, I'm throwing it away. It's nasty. It's done. It's spent. He said, I'm about to go to Home Depot and buy it. He said, I'm about to go have to buy a roll. He said, that stuff's not cheap. He said, I've got to put it in my crawl space. It's going to get muddy and dirty and nasty anyway. How much do you want for it? <laughs> and I, make it like, I thought he was joking at first. I'm like, can you not sm-? He said, no. He said, I want to use it. Can I have it? So we unloaded it. Still unloaded it to the dump. We put it in his truck. And he took it home and used it. So let me tell you, if you ever get to feeling like you have no purpose anymore, you have no use, think of that stinky piece of plastic. If it can have another use, everybody here can too, I promise you. It's awful. So, again, God can use some imperfect people, some imperfect objects, to carry out his perfect mission. I promise you that. This morning's scripture lesson comes from Matthew 21, verses 1 through 11. I'm going to read it. As I read this account, I want you to think about the character of the account that that has purpose. And then we'll discuss them a little bit in just a second. But it's Matthew 21, verses 1 through 11. It says, When they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you'll find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. And this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be God. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Lord, thank you for, for this holy week. Lord, thank you for Palm Sunday. Thank you for the triumphant in, entry into Jerusalem, Lord. Thank you for, uh, for the events that happen later in the week, Lord. For the sacrifice you made for us, thank you for fulfilling scripture, Lord, and thank you for being our perfect example, Lord, I just pray that uh, today that your words flow through me, if not, Lord, they flow in spite of me in Jesus name. amen. Amen again, this is uh this uh sermon today, this lesson today, is about passion and purpose. I don't know if you've ever noticed, but I'm a little bit passionate about certain things. Uh, I get a little bit excited uh, about certain things. Um, some things are really good that I get passionate and excited about. Some things are, could be uh, as trivial as a ballgame. Uh, but I have passion. When I care about something, I care about it deeply. When I have my purpose, I know my purpose, I have passion to carry that purpose out. And um, hopefully this summer you'll see a little bit of that come out. Um, Again, this week we're going to talk about uh, Holy Week, all week. We're going to talk, and and we'll culminate it by Easter Sunday morning, talking about the risen Savior. But as Jesus entered Jerusalem, people were celebrating his entrance. People were celebrating. They were shouting. They were praising, and then by the end of the week, some of those same people would be yelling "Crucified!" Again, this morning, um, as we talk about passion, I did a little bit of research about, on the word passion. It comes from a Greek word, pasco, which means suffering. The Latin word is passio, which refers to Christ's suffering on the cross. The um, Webster Dictionary expands it on, and one of the definitions says the um, suffering of Christ between the Last Supper and his crucifixion. So passion is one of these words in our language that has been watered down a little bit. Today I want to talk to you about the true meaning of passion, because now we can be passionate. I've heard people say they're passionate about this, they're passionate about that, they're passionate about, about a ball game, they're passionate about a, a Facebook post, they're passionate about... Uh, what they're wearing that day. You see, that's the watered-down version. It's kind of like awesome. Awesome used to really mean something great, something extravagant, something just wonderful, and now it could be a new pair of shoes. Again, passion's the same way. It's become watered-down when we use it in our language, but today I want to talk about the real meaning, the meaning of suffering. When you love something and you're passionate about it, you're willing to suffer for it or for them. Matthew 21 describes a very excited crowd. Again, they were shouting. They were glad to see him. You see, but their understanding of Jesus may not have been exactly right. They were passionate for a time, and then by the end of the week it kind of waned. That passion kind of went away. But the passion I want to talk to you about today is eternal. Sometimes we may get distracted a little bit, but that passion that we have for Christ, if we really truly love Christ, should last for an eternity. You see, Christ in Matthew 16 reminds us of the passion we should have for him. He tells us we must deny ourselves and pick up the cross daily. We must deny ourselves and pick up the cross daily. In other words, we need to, we need to think more about others than we think about ourselves. We need to sacrifice for other people. We need to sacrifice for Christ's mission before we think about us. That's what Matthew 16 means. You see, passion is more than your favorite sports team. You see, Christ does not calling us to be his fans. There were a lot of fans there that Palm Sunday morning. It's more than a tweet, a Facebook post, a bracelet, a TikTok video. Uh, it's more than all those things. When you talk about true passion, it's more than fandom. And again, you may be sitting there thinking, you know what, I can't do it anymore. I can't, I can't, I can't. But I'm here to tell you, if God can use that stinky piece of plastic, he can use anything. If he can bless somebody with something that is done, worse than done, he can use anybody. Matter of fact, he has a history of using People are not expecting to be used. He has a history of using them throughout the Bible. He used a Samaritan woman at the well who didn't have a really good past to deliver his message. He used um, tax collectors to deliver his message. He used Paul who persecuted Christians to deliver his message. You see, God has a history of using imperfect people to accomplish his perfect mission. I want to repeat that. God has a history of using imperfect people to accomplish his perfect mission. No, we're not perfect, but his mission is, and he can use us to accomplish that mission. Believe me, if they can use that old piece of plastic, he can use you. If he can use me, he can use you. He has a purpose for your life. He has a purpose for my life. We may be thinking, I can't do it, I can't do it, but through Christ, we can. Through Christ, we can. We don't have to be perfect. Christ is Perfect. Christ is perfect, when we rely on His perfection, then we can do things. We can do all things through Christ. That's what Philippians 4.13 says. Sometimes that message gets watered down too. But when we rely on His perfection, we can carry out His perfect mission. Again, we don't have to be perfect. We're not called to be perfect. As Christians, you see, I think we're all passionate for periods of time. For periods of time, I think all of us are passionate about Christ. We're all passionate And then we get distracted. I use that word a lot dealing with youth uh, because sometimes when I was working with youth, um, someone asked me, hey, is that a bad kid? I've never seen a bad kid. I've seen some distracted kids, and some of them are distracted and do some bad things. Sometimes we get distracted too. Sometimes we forget our purpose. Sometimes we forget that we're called to do something. You see that passion... Again, we get distracted. It kind of just kind of kind of goes away for a little bit. We're on fire for Christ for a little while. And then we start to lose that enthusiasm. And the reason why we do that is Satan puts obstacles up that look really attractive. In John 10, tells us that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's going to put objects in the way of our passion for Christ. He's going to put objects in the way that look very attractive that will make us choose that instead of choosing Christ. That's when our passion kind of wanes, when we start listening to the deceiver. When we start listening to the lies of Satan is when our passion kind of goes away. And I don't know if you've noticed it, but when we're really focused on truly trying To grow our relationship with Christ, that's when Satan comes the hardest. Satan knows the things that we like. He knows when we're trying to be obedient to Christ, and he comes and attacks us right then. Again, he's the great deceiver. He's evil. And he wants to destroy our relationship with Christ. We have to use Scripture. We have to use... Jesus to fight Satan. We can't do it on our own. If we do it on our own, then we'll always be distracted. We will always be doing something besides the mission, of God, the, the mission and purpose that God has in store for us. You see, that's why it's important for us to keep that passion and to be obedient. You see, we've got to avoid those obstacles that, that Satan throws. And we must grow our relationship with Christ. You see, we do this Through his word, through prayer, through stewardship, through worship, through fellowship, and through evangelism. We talked about those ships last summer a whole lot. That's how we fight Satan, or through those ships, by putting Christ first in our life. That's how we fight Satan. We can't do it alone. John Wesley taught us the importance of following three simple rules. These rules are do no harm, do good. And stay in love with God. Believe it or not, that last one sometimes is the hardest one to keep. Because staying in love with God, that means keeping our passion for him. Keeping our passion for him. Again, Satan's very persistent. But if we keep that passion for Christ, we keep wanting to grow uh, closer to, and closer to him. When we fight Satan with, uh, with, with scripture and with word and with prayer, that's how He's defeated. See, John Wesley, uh, by saying stay in love with God, means to be more like Christ every day. To put, other, put other people's needs ahead of ours. To suffer for other people. That's what he means. John Wesley also says, catch on fire with enthusiasm and people will come for miles just to watch you burn. In other words, when something's going on in your life, people can notice it. If when you're truly passionate for Jesus, people can see that in your eyes. And they want to be like you. They want to have some of the enthusiasm you have. They want to know where it comes from. You see, people want to have the same passion that they see in you. We mirror the passion that Jesus has for us is what we try to do. We try to mirror that. And other people will actually look at us for answers. If they know we're Christians, they'll look at us. They'll see where our passion lies. How does the passion relate to worshiping Him? How does our passion relate to worshiping God? You see, worship is simply putting Christ in the center of our life. Whatever's in the center of our life is what we're worshiping. When we have Christ in the center of our life, then we're worshiping Him. There's going to be something in the center of your life, you're going to worship something. And sometimes we get it backwards and we think we're the center of our life and Christ is, is, is revolving around us. In reality, Christ has to be the center. We have to revolve around him. Everything we do, every decision we make, we need to consult with Christ on. If he's truly the center of our lives, we won't make a decision without seeing what his will is. That's what it means to worship. You see, he put us here to worship him. You see, we for God. We exist for God. We exist to grow the kingdom of God. We have a purpose. He's placed a purpose in each one of our lives. We have different gifts, but we all have a purpose. And that that purpose is to help carry out Christ's perfect mission. You see, unfortunately, we live in a time today where it's okay to be passionate about certain things. We can be passionate about some of the things I talked about. We can be passionate about sports teams. We can be passionate about uh, video games. We can be passionate about uh, social media. We can be passionate about so many things. And it's okay, but if we show passion for Christ, sometimes we're called fanatics and other things. You see, nobody should ever have to ask us if we're Christians. If we're passionate about Christ and carrying out the mission and furthering the kingdom of God, nobody should ever have to ask you if you're a Christian. They should be able to see it. They should be able to see it through your actions. They should be able to see it by what you're passionate about. You see, the passion that I'm talking about for Christ lasts more than a few days. The passion that some of the folks showed Christ on Palm Sunday was gone by Friday. I'm not talking about that temporary passion. You see, God didn't send, God the Father didn't send His Son to relieve us from our circumstances. Circumstances are temporary. The Father sent His Son to save us from our sins. Jesus came to conquer death. Jesus came so we can live out our lives passionately because we can't do it without him. Passion lasts more than three or four days when you're truly passionate about something. Again, the passion we should have for Christ should last us an eternity. Again, when we do get... Distracted. because again, I, I, I don't know if you have ever noticed, but uh, when you're passionate about Christ, the devil don't leave you alone. That passion doesn't mean that you're not going to be tempted. You're going to have those distractions. Again, we've got to fight those distractions with him. But I can tell you what to remember when we are distracted. Just remember that Christ died for us. Christ died for our sins. He took our sins to the grave. And he rose on the third day. And he conquered death. You see, he didn't only come to save us from our circumstances. He came to save us for our sins. Let me repeat that. He didn't only come to save us from our circumstances. He came to save us for our, from our sins. Again, that's an eternal effect. That's life. He came to give us life. You see, and our purpose is to worship Him. Our purpose is to worship Him. Again, our purpose is for imperfect people to rely on Christ's perfection to carry out His mission to put God in the center of our lives and show others what passionate love for him looks like. That's why Christ came. I'm going to close by offering you Christ. If someone here today or someone listening online has never accepted Christ's saving grace, if they never realized why Christ came, and they've never put their faith in Christ, and they've never been passionate about Christ, this morning's a great time to come to that knowledge. It's a great time to make that commitment. It's a great time to start relying on His grace, to start relying on His perfection. And I pray that this morning you make that decision. And if you're listening or here today, and sometimes... Um, Again, we're getting distracted. And, and, and if you're here today and you are distracted, if you need help fighting some of the things that Satan puts in front of you, I'm here to tell you that the same Christ that came and died for us is alive today. And he's still willing to fight for you. He wants to be back in the center of your life. And I pray that he, if he has been displaced with the center of your life, that, he, that you make the decision today to put him back there and to live for Him. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank You so much for for today, Lord. Just thank You for what this week means. Father, thank You for, most of all, for sending Christ. Sending Christ to be perfect, a perfect atonement for our sins. Lord, thank You for using imperfect people to carry out your perfect mission. Lord, I just pray that uh, that we remain passionate as you use us, that we rely on Christ's perfection. Lord, we know through his perfection, through faith in Christ, that we can move mountains. Lord, I know through faith in Christ that you can take somebody who thinks their purpose is behind them, Lord, that you can You can rekindle that fire. Lord, I know if you can use a stinky old piece of plastic to bless somebody, you can use us. In Jesus' name, amen.